This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll This is a story from Rabbi Shlomo Yosef Zevin's book, his collection of Hasidic stories. And in it, in a most unusual thing, he writes where he found the story and how the story was transmitted. So this is a story that he found in a manuscript written by the hand of Rabbi Raphael Wolf of Skoli, Galicia, in Poland, who died in Jerusalem in 1929 at the age of some 90 years. And he heard it from a, a Hasid of repute, as he writes, Alter. Yezalevitz, who heard it from the mouth of the tzaddik, Reb Meir Premishlan, who just so you know passed away in 1850. And this is a story about Reb Meir's father, Reb Aon Leib, who was also a Rebbe. There was a certain chassid of Reb Aon Leib, a Premishlan, who when he was doing business passed through the town of Lejanks. And knowing that the great Rebbe, Reb Elimelech of Lejanks, lived there, he figured it would be wise to finish up his business matters, go to the mikvah, and spend Shabbos by the Rebbe. What a great honor it would be. And on Friday morning, after going to the mikvah, as everybody did, they went in front of the Rebbe to say Shalom Aleichem and kind of check in. And when Rebbe Elimelech sees this chassid, right away with his holy vision, he knows that he's a chassid of Rebbe Aaron Leib of Premishlan. And he says to him, tell me, aren't you one of the chassidim of Rebbe Aaron Leib of Premishlan? How's your Rebbe doing? He says, oh, my Rebbe good, Baruch Hashem. He says, tell me, have you ever met somebody so conceited as your Rebbe? And the chassid was thinking to himself, this is a strange thing for a Rebbe to see. He didn't even know how to answer Rebbe Elimelech. So Rebbe Elimelech turns to everybody who's standing there and says, this guy, he's a chassid of Rebbe Aaron Leibah Premishlan, and I never met anybody so full of themselves as Rebbe Aaron Leib. Oh, the chassid was a little embarrassed, and he thought this was a strange thing. But then, at every one of the Shabbos meals, Rebbe Elimelech, he stood up and he said, we have here a chassid of Rebbe Aaron Leibah Premishlan. And I never met anybody so full of themselves as Rebbe Aaron Leib. And the businessman was kind of relieved when Shabbos was over. Of course, you go to check in by the Rebbe, and you also go to check out when you leave. And when he went before Rebbe Elimelech to receive his parting blessings, Rebbe Elimelech said to him, When you get back home, make sure you tell your Rebbe, in my name, that he's full of himself. Well, this caused a little problem for the Chassid, because he didn't want to say that to his Rebbe. He didn't even want to remember the Shabbos. And he also knew that any time one of the Hasidim of Rabbi Aaron Leib came back, the Rebbe wanted to know if anything of interest had happened along the way. And of course, going to meet Rabbi Elimelech of Lejanks, probably the biggest Rebbe at the time, that was a big thing. And he'd have to tell his Rebbe, Rabbi Aaron Leib. And so he'd have to tell him what Rabbi Elimelech said about him. And he didn't really want to do it, but he knew his Rebbe is a true Rebbe. He would see it on his face. So he decided just to lay it all on the Rebbe. And it would be the Rebbe's problem to deal with it. So he goes before his Rebbe, Rabbi Aaron Leib, and Rabbi Aaron Leib says to him, No? Anything happened on your trip? He says, Yeah, I went to Lejanks. He says, Ah, did you happen to see the Holy Rebbe, Rabbi Elimelech? He said, Not only did I see him, I spent Shabbos by him. Ah, you're so lucky. Well, what did he say to you? Anything interesting? He said, Rebbe, I'm sorry to embarrass you. I, I, I'm so scared to even let the words come out of my mouth. He said to me, He's never met somebody so full of themselves in his whole life as you. He kept saying, you're so conceited. Rebbe, what kind of talk is that? 
you're the greatest tzaddik I ever met. But Reb Aum Leib, he took this to heart and he said, Oy vey, what did I do? What transgression did I do that made the tzaddik of Lajang speak that way of me? Oy vey, I'm such a sinner. What did I do? I have to do tshuva. And he sat there for hours trying to figure out what did he do to make Reb Elimelech speak that way about him. And he couldn't figure it out. So he called in his rebbetin. He said, my sweetest wife, the tzaddik of the Zhangs, sees that I am a sinner. And I can't figure out what I did wrong. So I don't have any choice. I'm going to have to travel there and find out how I transgressed. Otherwise, how will I know how to repent? Can't live with myself being a sinner. But my sweetest wife, the journey to the Zhangs is a long, long road. It's going to take six full days to get there. And I know when I arrive, I won't have any strength to look after myself. So would you please come with me and help me? And the Rebbitson said, yeah, of course. I'll be happy to come with you and I'll take care of all of your needs. So they hired a wagon and trundled along for six whole days. And they arrived at Lejanks just in time for Shabbos. And Rabbi Onleib said to himself, a sinner like me certainly shouldn't be allowed to stand in front of a great tzaddik like Rabbi Elimelech, and for sure he wouldn't want me by his Shabbos table. So Rabbi Onleib told his wife, please go to the market, get a bottle of wine and two loaves of challah. And he went off to find the local mikveh. At least he would be in a pure state for the holy Shabbos. And of course, just like everybody, he went to the Rebbe to check in Friday before Shabbos, and he enters the Rebbe's house, and he sees there's hundreds of Hasidim waiting to meet the Rebbe. And he stands in line and makes his way to the front of the line. And he puts out his hand to receive the Rebbe's hand, but he was careful to keep his head face down to the floor so that the tzaddik wouldn't see his face. But Rebbe Elimelech knew exactly who was standing in front of him. And Rebbe Elimelech, as soon as he had touched the Rebbe's hand, he took his hand back and ran away. And Rebbe Elimelech wanted to call him back, but Rebbe Elimelech had already disappeared. And after that, Rebbe Elimelech went to one of the nearby small shuls, Yedavin Mincha, Kabbalah Shabbat and Arvit. And then he went home to this little room where his wife and he were staying, to sing Shalom Aleichem, welcoming the angels that follow somebody back from shul on Friday night. At the same time, Rebbe Elimelech was about to sit down at his Shabbos table, and he turns to his Gabbai and to his Hasidim, and he says, I want you to go through this whole town and keep looking until you find the guests from Premishlan. And they went out and looked in every single house, and they couldn't find Rebbe Leib. They came back to Rebbe Elimelech, so we can't find him. But Rebbe Elimelech stood up and he said, no way. A tzaddik on the level of Rebbe Aum Leib is here in our town, and I'm not going to have him at my Shabbos table? There's no way that I'm starting this meal until Rebbe Aum Leib is sitting right next to me. So he told everyone, go back and find him. They went house from house, room to room, until finally they found Rebbe Aum Leib sitting in this little tiny broken down house in a little room with two candles on the table, some wine and chalas, and his rebbitzen. And when the Hasidim found him, they said, Rebbe Elimelech won't sit down for the meal on Friday night until you come and join him. And Rebbe Elimelech wasn't interested. He didn't really believe it. But they knew the Rebbe was serious, so they picked him up and started walking him to Rebbe Elimelech. And Rebbe Elimelech, when he saw Rebbe Elimelech, his eyes lit up and he had a big smile on his face. And he said, please come sit next to me in the seat of honor that's held for a special guest like you. And then several times through the meal, Rebbe Elimelech said, Who would believe that Reb Aum Leib of Premishlan would be so full of himself? Have you ever met anyone so conceited as him? And just like before when the Chassid was there at every one of the Shabbos meals, he said this again in public. 
And when Shabbos was finally over, Rabbaum Leib called on the Rebbe in order to take his leave. But first, he wanted to find out what he had done. What was this conceit, this ego that Rebbe Elimelech saw in him? He had to fix it. That's why he came there. That's why he traveled for six days, even though he was an old man. So he says to him, Rebbe, what did I do to deserve these words? And Rebbe Elimelech says, is there any greater ego than what you have? And Rebbe Leib says, Rebbe, I don't understand. What are you talking about? Rebbe Elimelech says, how many times did Eliyahu Navi, Elijah the prophet, come to me to complain that you won't learn Torah from his holy mouth? He, Eliyahu Navi, wants to teach you Torah. He can teach you Torahs that you can never learn in this world. But you refuse. Do you know how many tzaddikim have davened and longed and yearned for this schut, for this privilege of learning with Eliyahu Navi? And you turn him down? I promised Eliyahu Navi that I would try to change your mind. And so that's why I said, is there anyone more full of themselves as you? Because what kind of ego does it take to turn down such an incredible opportunity? And Rabbaum Leib, now he understood what had happened. And he said, Melech, I'm afraid that even after all of your words, I cannot agree to learn with Eliyahu Navi. And Rebbe Melech said, why not? I learn with him. Many other tzaddikim learn with him. Are you greater than us that you can't learn with him? And Reb Aaron Levi said, no, you don't understand. My desire is to do the hard work of studying Torah, to learn it on my own. Doesn't it say in Tehillim, in Psalms, Yagia kapecha ki tochel, when you eat from the labor of your hands, ashrecha v'tovlach, you will be happy and it will be good with you. And don't we learn the same lesson in the Talmud? that the Torah truly becomes the possession only of a person who gives their life in the effort of studying it. And if I learned with Eliyahu Navi, for sure he would teach me great secrets that I could never know on my own. But I wouldn't have earned them. It would have been given to me as a gift. And since I'm here in this world, to work on myself and to work on my relationship with Hashem, to come closer and closer to Hashem and to grow in my Torah learning, the only way I want to do it is by putting in the effort myself. And that's why I won't learn with Eliyahu Navi. That's why I didn't learn with him. And I won't learn with him. And I only pray that Hashem will give me the strength to always toil in the study of his Torah. And so with that, Rabbi Elimelech gave a kiss on the forehead of Rabbi Aaron Leib. And he said, Halavai, if only it were so, that all the Jews were like you, Rabbi Aaron Leib. May Hashem bless you to grow in Torah and mitzvot and that the effort that you put into it be rewarded many, many more times. And so, Rebbe Aaron Leib and his Rebbetzin went back to Premishlan, where he continued to serve Hashem, working day by day, and growing in Torah, in his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I've got one more short story for you. This is a story that I heard from my teacher, the late Rabbi Shalom Brat, of blessed memory. He was born in Poland and moved to Montreal when he was a kid. And back then, after the war, milk was still delivered daily by the milkman in glass bottles put by the door. And they had a delivery man who he called Mr. Denvers. I wonder if his name was Mr. Dovebear, but 
whatever his name was, they called him Mr. Denver's. And he was already an older man, and he had a horse and wagon, and the milk would be put in the back of the wagon, and he would ride the horse from house to house, from apartment building to apartment building, and deliver the milk. And one day, as he was delivering the milk at Reb Shalom's apartment, he was on the third floor, and he sees out the window, there's some non-Jewish boys who wanted to harass the Jewish milkman, and they took his horse, took him off the harness, hit him on the back, and made him run away. <laughs> And the milkman runs down the stairs and he tries to catch up with his horse, but it was winter and there was snow and he's an old man anyhow. There was no way he was going to catch up to the horse. And now he's stuck. He can't pull his wagon. He can't ride the horse. So he takes his talus and tefillin and he goes to shul because that's what he did every day. He goes and he daven shachit. He takes his time knowing that he doesn't know how he's going to deal with this problem of no horse and a wagon that's stuck. And when he finishes davening, some of the congregants come to him and say, Reb Denver, go and see what's outside. There's a surprise waiting for you. And he goes outside, and what does he see waiting there? His horse. Now, how did the horse end up in the shul? Well, every day, at the same time, Mr. Denver would do his route of delivering the milk. And when he was finished, he would go to shul. So the horse knew every day at that particular time, they always went to the shul. And so he stood there waiting for his master to finish davening and put him back in the wagon and continue their work. So you see, my friends, when you're consistent in serving Hashem, certain brachas come to you. Bezrat Hashem, we should all merit to have the simplicity and the faith of the milkman, Mr. Denver's. When things don't go right for us, not to fret, go to shul, daven to Hashem, say to Hillem, and God willing, you will be happy and it will be good for you. thank the latest contributor to the Hasidic Story Project, Reb Jesse in Orange, Connecticut. Thank you so much for your contribution. And thank you everyone for listening and contributing and supporting and encouraging and helping. May Hashem bless you all a hundred times back. If you'd like to contribute to this podcast, you can do so by going to my website, HasidicStory.com, H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com. 
Thank you for listening, and I look forward to our next story together.